but grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, in our world today, it is maybe perhaps with fear and trembling that I come before you to speak on the topic that our parents knew, that our grandparents knew, but it seems to be fading so much from our current way of life. And that is, uh, again, the very first command that our God gave to Adam and Eve as they were in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> and of course, I, I've spoken uh, upon this before, and you probably know what it is. It, it, it comes to your mind, right, just now. That is the, the topic that we are called to have dominion. Now, Ernest Hemingway apparently said that there's no way that you can even do that, and so why bother? And so, you know, people have read Hemingway from our generation, and, and they've, they've come to, to the conclusion, well, maybe he's right. right? That, that having dominion, it, it just isn't achievable. You, you, you just can't get there. And, and so the current generation has kind of thrown their hands in the air, haven't they? And they said, well, then why bother? Why bother? I was listening to someone speaking on the radio the other day. They, they were talking about quitting quietly. And I, I, I kind of was, you know, what, what is that? I, I don't know exactly what, what that is. What, what does it mean to quit quietly? And the, the speaker was, was, was saying, not, not as I expected. I, I expected, you know, you, you just stop showing up for work, right? I mean, to, to quit quietly, you, know, you, you, you just, you know, you, you just aren't there on Monday morning, right? You, you just kind of stayed home. You, you didn't bother to turn in a, a resignation. You never spoke with your, your boss. You, 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 you maybe just you know, faded away. But, but the, the speaker was saying to, to quit quietly means that you keep going to work, but you stop giving 100%. Right? You stop really caring about your job. You show up, but you're just kind of in the background. And you continue to collect your paycheck, but you're just kind of doing the bare minimum. Just getting by. Just surviving. I just do enough work so I don't get fired. And dear friends, really, isn't that what our society is becoming like today? We see countless people that, that they say, well, I, I can't really achieve mastery. No, I, I can't really have dominion over any aspect of my life. I, I think maybe I'll just kind of do the bare minimum. I'll, I'll just, you know, kind of get by and everything will, will kind of work out, you know? It'll, it'll just kind of be okay. Well, it's kind of interesting in our text for today when Paul was speaking with Timothy, right? One of the groups of people he talked about were athletes, right? 
Now, can well maybe experience it actually, but can, you know, can you imagine you know the the quarterback of your favorite pro football team, you know, just just kind of decides that he's going to do the bare minimum and, and he's just going to try to get by. Now I'll, I'll just put in a, enough work so I I don't get cut during training camp, you know. And I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of put in a, a, enough effort so I maybe don't get traded, you know, midway through the season. I'll try to, you know, keep my numbers up at a, a certain level so, you know, people maybe don't get really angry at me. No, you, you found out your favorite quarterback wasn't doing the job. He wasn't really working. He wasn't going to the weight room and he wasn't attending team meetings and he's not doing the conditioning, right? You'd be upset, right? Get rid of that guy. Trade him. He's me out of here. Yeah. This is kind of interesting too. He talked about farmers, didn't he? But again, maybe you've experienced this. Some of your, your friends and, and neighbors, I, I certainly recall, you know, when I, I was over in uh, North Dakota, you know, farmer decided he's going to retire and he's going to pass his farm, you know, to uh, to his son. And and his son thought that was really great, and you know he he'd spend his days at the golf course, and he'd spend his you know evenings at the bar. And you know how long then does the farm last under those conditions? Right, you, you that have, have farmed, you know you got to be up every day. You have to be self-disciplined. You have to be going out to mend the fences. You have to make sure that the crop gets in the ground. You have to make sure that the proper spray is applied, that there's countless details that you have to be concerned with every day. And maybe once a month during the summer, you got to go golfing. You no, know, maybe... Once a, a month, you, you got to take your wife out for a, a nice dinner and, and a movie or something like that. But, you know, for the most part, it, it was an everyday job that you had to be concerned with. You couldn't just kind of throw your hands in the air and say, oh, I guess everything will work out okay. And I'm going to enjoy the good life. But you see, that's what we're talking about today, isn't it? Our Lord, he came to us. He came to Adam and Eve. He said to them, here's my number one command. I want you to go and have dominion. And I guess what, what we're you know, kind of talking about in a sense as well, what they used to say was the Protestant work ethic. Yeah, yeah, you might remember back in school and you studied about the founding fathers and they, they came to America and what was it that, that made them successful? You know, what, what helped them to, to establish themselves and, and to establish their families? It was because they, you know, worked hard at it, right? <clears throat> it's because each and every day they were out there trying their best and, and giving their best. They understood that concept. I, I need to have dominion. And, and so what did that mean? It, it means that, you know, I, I went and found a way to get some land. And then there were probably a lot of trees on my land and I had to clear those trees and I had to dig up the roots and I had to get rid of the stumps. I had to be out in my 
my field with my little cart picking up rocks all the time because rocks kept coming to the surface every year. Does some of you remember picking rocks? And maybe you still do, right? Out there picking the rocks. Why? Because you wanted to have dominion. Dominion over the things that God had given to you. You would try your best and and you would do your best. For uh, whatever reason, a, a few years ago, you know, my, my own mother has always been very hardworking. And I, I just sat down with her one day and I, I, I said, you know, Mom, can, can you, you know, identify, can you tell me, you know, what, what it is that, that, you know, makes it so, you know, you, you want the house just so, and, and you want the dishes always done after the meal, and, and you know, you, you, want, you want to have things just nice. And she said, well, it was my mom. She said, you, you know, I, I can remember as a, as a young girl seeing my mom work so hard on the farm throughout the course of the day, and in, in addition to that, keeping the house you know, just so, that, that made me as a, a, a young girl, you know, begin to feel kind of sorry for my mom, that, you know, she worked so hard, and I wanted to help her. I wanted to help her. And, and so I started helping. Okay, well, what do we see today from, you know, young people, Right? Now, I, I sometimes you know th- think to myself, and I, I look around, and and you know I I tell you, you know that there there's probably one young person on the bus routes where I I drive my bus that, that I would say you know that person is maybe going to be like my mom someday, you know. That person you know, cares about other people. That, that person has, has some skills that they, they use to you know, try to manage littler kids. You know, that, that person you know, seems like they're going to do something. Right, what do we see from, from most people? They're, you know, the video games or the TV. Right? They're, they're not having dominion. They're not trying to master anything. They don't have very many interests outside of, you know, their own little world. In a sense, what we're kind of talking about is, you know, doing hard things. And there are a couple of brothers from a family, their last name was Harris. And, you know, they, they got together and came out with a book. It was called, you know, Do Hard Things. And that book is, you know, maybe 10 years old by now or something like that. But it was a, a challenge, you know, to, to their generation as, you know, young men that they would write this book and that they would, you know, be able to, to say to, you know, people from, you know, 16 to 18 years old, that was kind of the, the age that they were at, you know, to go out and try to do hard things. Things. And, uh, again, you know, maybe we don't we like hard things, do we? But hard things sound hard. But hard things can be hard. Hard things can, can demand some of your time. They, they can demand some of your attention. 
Right? It, it, it can it involve failure. What if I try something hard and I fail? What, what, what if I can't master it? What if I look bad? Well, then we try something else, right? We we don't just kind of retire to the the safety of our armchair, but rather we go and we try something else. And hopefully you learn something. I I read an interesting, you know, a Korean Proverb, and you say, well, it's kind of odd to come to the Christian church and the pastor's going to tell me a, a, a Korean proverb. But I think really it, it makes a lot of sense. The, the, the fellow said, I can endure embarrassment, but I cannot go back in time. See? And, and, and so what is he saying? He's saying he's going to go out there and he's going to try. If he makes a complete fool of himself, he can endure the embarrassment. Right? I, I can endure people, you know, shaking their head. I can endure people mocking me. I can endure people, you know, talking behind my back. But what I cannot do is go back in time. If if I fail to act, if I have regrets. There's no way I can go back in time and change that. I think, you know, really that's an interesting perspective, isn't it? I think it's probably something that, you know, would help each and every one of us to be able, you know, to go and try things. You know, what what if I try it and I fail? Well, you don't have regrets. You, you can live with the embarrassment. Okay, I made a bad decision. I, I made a bad call there. I, I can get through that. If I just sat in the safety of my armchair and I did nothing, there's no way I can go back in time and change where I, I failed to act. I can't do it. But you see, dear friends, that is kind of the difference in our society this very day, isn't it? We have a, a lot of people that they, they don't want to take chances. It, it's safer to just kind of stay at home. I, I can just you know quietly quit my job, which means I, I, I show up, I get my paycheck, but you know I, I, I don't really produce a lot. As long as I can get by, you know, I, I can just kind of slide along. I can just kind of coast. You know, I can make it work somehow. And dear friends, that is never what our Lord has wanted for us. See, the Lord desires that we would have an abundant life. This is what he tells us. The Lord has said he will be with us and that he will never leave us nor forsake us. The Lord gives to us that that very specific command at the very beginning of time. You know, how should we approach life? That we would have dominion. We would be seeking mastery. We'd be trying our best. We would be giving our best. 
in any aspect of our lives. That we're out there always striving. We're not just giving up, not just throwing our hands in the air, not just saying, I I can do enough to get by, but rather, we'd be like the athlete, we'd be like the farmer, rather we'd be diligent in our activities, that we're trying to take care of the things God has given. Now, what are the assumptions behind all of these things, right? That that we come to that word of God, right? We we would be able to say within ourselves, uh, the word of God is the word of God. Not simply it contains some of God's word. See, that's a big difference today too, isn't it? If the Bible just kind of contains some of God's words, then I can pick and choose the verses that I like. And I can say, oh, you know, having dominion, ah, nobody can do that. Why even try? I don't like that part. Honoring my mother and my father, come on, you don't know my mom and dad. I don't like that one. Bearing false witness, that's what my friends and I do. We get together and we gossip, what's wrong with that? Nobody really gets hurt that much. Barry, don't like that one. See? And then we kind of become the judges of God's word. We can just kind of pick and choose. You know, Jesus said in a particular situation, judge not lest you be judged. And, you know, we've talked about that before, that what he meant is don't judge people by their clothing. Don't, don't judge people by the car they drive. You know, don't judge them by the way they dress. But in another place, he says, you know, judge with a righteous judgment. But if I can pick and choose, I, I just like to pull out that little, you know, judge not lest you be judged. Oh, I like that one. That one I'll keep. But judge with a righteous judgment? Ooh, ooh, I don't like that one. Said that way. But if you and I can be in that position where we understand the word of God is the word of God. Then we can begin to examine each and every verse and see how it applies to our lives. And we can come to understand once more that God indeed does Love us. And God indeed has said that just as he will provide for the little birds hopping on the ground, he will provide for us so much more. And the God who you know, takes care of the lilies in the field will take care of us just the same. God tells us that he knows our needs. He knows our every thought. He desires for us to be happy, to be able to do his will. And then he lays out before us, okay, here's what to do. I give you these things. I I, I give you a home 
I give you a car. I give you a, a family. I give you some people to care about. Go and have dominion. And so you change the oil in your car and you put some air in the tires, right? And, and so, you know, you take care of your house and you make sure it doesn't get, you know, run down and, and ruined. And if there's a hole in the roof, you patch it. And you have some relationships. And, and so, you know, you, you try to, you know, build those. You try to make them stronger and better. You go out in, into your, your workplace and, and you see that something needs to be done and, and you take care of it. It's a whole way of life, isn't it? Because God desires that we would have good things, that we would have them abundantly. That's why all of those pieces fit together. But you know what, of course, as I'm giving this sermon, I myself am thinking of places where I've failed. You know, there may have been, been times when you know, there was something that needed to be done and I, I didn't quite do it. I didn't quite accomplish it. You know, times in my life when, um, you know, maybe a, a word of rebuke even needed to be spoken and, and I, you know, hung back and, and, and didn't want to get involved with that. At times when I was called to master something in particular and, and you know, just maybe gave it up. For the, the Bible tells us we, we all have sinned. We all have, have fallen short. All of us have gone astray. Each one of us to his own way, right? But the Lord looked upon us in our weakness, in our times of despair, our times where we failed. And he said to his beloved son, would you go? Would you go and redeem them? Would you go and save them? Would you go and suffer death upon a vicious cross so they might make it whole? And Jesus said, here am I, send me, amen. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always, amen.